This is Rob Scott, and you're listening to Fundamental Shift. Hi, everybody. Uh, Today's talk is called The Gift of Trauma, and we're going to talk about what trauma is and how it can be really, really, really valuable. And... um, yeah, so let's get started. I want to say first off that trauma is obviously a very horrible thing, and it's something that we can't forget, and I'm not speaking lightly about it in any way at all. Uh, we all have our own trauma to some degree or another. You know, we all have our stuff that we've been through. Some of it obviously is much worse than other uh, things, so I want, to, I want to talk about how we can relate. You know, trauma can be really devastating, how do we process trauma? How do we um, how do we move past it? And how do we really find value in it? That's what today's talk is about, and uh, that's what we're going to get to. So there's a couple of highline points that I want to go over today, and one is that uh, trauma basically widens and deepens our experience of pain, and um, in that, it gives us a wider perspective on life than say, somebody who's sheltered and hasn't had as much pain. Um, In that, you know, imagine somebody who hasn't had much stimulation in either direction, good or bad. They have been sheltered and, um, you know, their their circumstance is just not as wide or as varied to draw from. They have a skinnier history of experience to draw from. And so something somewhat bad to them may seem potentially horrible, like, you know, gas prices going up or something. They might freak out at uh, and be really afraid and sort of, um, you know, scared of something like that socially and whatnot. Whereas somebody who's, um, you know, maybe lived through a rape or had a major car accident, that person might not be as affected by social issues. So having already been through their pain, they can actually sort of come at the world in a little bit more, uh, you know, richer fashion and, and, uh, and have a little bit more backbone, as it were, uh, to some situations. They care about gas prices and they care about social issues. They just have a different historical comparison to weigh the situation against. And so um, it's almost like they've had their knocks already, right? So they've, uh, they've been initiated into, uh, into what life you know, can be about in, in some way. Now, that's not to say in any way, and I'm going to keep sort of walking gently here, um, we're not advocating, you know, go get raped. We're not advocating go look for trauma because it can widen your experience or anything like that. Uh, life brings uh, enough of these things at us. It brings challenges. It brings pains uh, all by itself. There's no, um, you know, I'm not celebrating these things at all. I'm just saying that once they've occurred and we all, again, have whatever our trauma is, um, we can sort of, you know, open up and say, like, hey, I, I I have uh, I have some chops here. I can deal with this. I can deal with this pain. Um, so that's an important idea. Trauma also allows us to see that we survived. We went through the stuff and we're still here. You know, it didn't kill us. And that's a very powerful uh, state of mind to be in. And so those are a couple interesting points that I wanted to bring up. How does pain and trauma allow for growth? Um, again, let's let's look at someone who's really sheltered. They've never had the challenges to test themselves. Um, a big iconic representation of this is the Buddha who was born in a palace and had everything given to him, had protection, had riches, had everything, and he left. He had to go learn about life and he had to go learn about pain. 
Um, he was unsatisfied with being given everything. You, your kids, your loved ones will be equally unsatisfied. Um, to use a really horrible stereotype of, of an idea, I'm just going to sort of, you know, paint out some kids that I saw at the mall. And I'm going to make all kinds of assumptions about them. But have you ever seen, you know, maybe so-called wealthy kids at the mall who have everything? Um, they, they have this attitude where nothing surprises them, nothing thrills them. They are deeply bored. Um, these kids really have the potential to begin looking for their own trauma. They won't know that's what they're doing specifically. They're really looking for pleasure. But that boredom has the potential to make them look for thrills and, you know, maybe drug use, maybe um, driving cars too fast and racing, maybe, you know, whatever it is. But all those things potentially end up bringing their share of pain and their, their share of trauma. And, again, this is sort of a ridiculous stereotype, but it's it's only to make a point that um, – Part of life is is about pain. Part of life is about this egoic sort of pleasure-pain dynamic, this duality that we're in. And in the spectrum of self, pleasure and pain really mirror one another. So ultimately, if we want to fully wake up, if we want to leave the ego realm of pleasure and pain, it actually can really help to go through enough pain to say, I don't want to live this way anymore. This is not how I want my life to be. And uh, trauma, the gift of trauma, can be that. It can be... Uh, so much sadness, so much pain that we actually say, I need to change my valuation. I need to wake up from this in some way and see how I can live differently. And that might change all your values. That might change all your belief structures. That might change everything about you. And so, you know, the point of the talk today is to just say, if you have trauma, a a very natural response to that, if you have a, a sad history, if you have a lot of stuff that happened to you when you were a child or you've had something dramatic happen to you since then, um, how can you maybe reframe that and start looking at that differently, um, you know, with the help of some ideas uh, about it to really shift how you want to live your life? Um, I'm hoping that this talk is helpful. At this part in the talk, it's really important, or maybe it's a good, maybe it's just a good time to say that we have to learn how to process our trauma and our pain. Um, for those of you that are trying to meditate, you may notice that when you sit, some of that stuff, if you've had trauma, can begin to come up and it can want to be processed. And a lot of times if you do have major trauma and things that have happened to you, uh, it may be really helpful to have a counselor or somebody that you can talk to in a safe place about those issues and about how stuff happened. But it's very important that we don't just leave it stuffed deep down inside. It really needs to come out. And if that stuff is anger or fear or anxiety, um, it's really important to be courageous and work through what some of that stuff is. Not some of it, actually all of it. It's it's really um, it's really rewarding and it's really meaningful to uh, find a way to be able to process that. And when I talk about processing it, I actually mean sitting in the feeling of it in the same way that we've talked about meditating just in general. But you can allow these feelings to be there and come up, and we don't run from them. We don't try and squelch them with alcohol. We don't try and run away from them by deadening them by looking at TV. doesn't mean that we don't drink ever. doesn't mean that we don't watch TV ever. But as we're working with these feelings and, say, hatred comes up uh, or anger, more specifically, that burning sense in your stomach and that feeling of, of real upset, it's important that you find the space to be able to feel that, to really feel that and let it come out. Because as you stuff it down and away, 
uh, it's just going to affect your life in, in really negative ways. And we could go into how that is and why that is, but that's maybe for another talk. But I just definitely wanted to put in the disclaimer that it's really important that you learn and have the courage and find the space and the support mechanisms, whatever they might be, to go through uh, the residual pain that's been around uh, since your traumas. Um, I can't stress how important that is. So our pain is the substance in life that we're supposed to traverse uh, through to grow. And, you know, why is that? Um, again, probably another talk. We could talk more about why that is and, and what's going on. Uh, why actually is the question that goes all the way down. So there's never really a satisfactory answer to that one because every answer you can just ask why again to, uh, which was fun as a child doing that to my, my dad. But why? Well, why do we have to go? But why? Eventually it's always, uh, well, God said so. But anyway, um, pain is the substance that we're supposed to traverse and and grow through uh, so that we can, you know, basically wake up and be able to withstand all kinds of pain and be able to withstand all kinds of, um, you know, challenges in this life. And the more of it that we, that we get, the more we want to wake up from it. So as we hate pain, I mean, we hate it, right? Um, from a certain point of view, it's a blessing. It's actually what we're supposed to work with. And if, if you can start to buy that concept, if any of that makes sense at all, uh, maybe I need to spend more time on that, but if that makes any sense at all, we can start to see that um, we can relax a little bit with our children and our loved ones and people like that in trying to protect them, right? A lot of codependent behavior is protecting other people's feelings and, you know, with children being overprotective about what they can and can't do. And I'm not saying shirk your duties in any of that stuff, but... Um, we can sort of soften if we see that pain is a part of life, that if we're sheltering too much our children from pain, then we're not really allowing them to get the tools that they're going to need later to deal with stuff that's going to come. You know, they're, they're, it's, life is, can be hard, right? So it's important that we realize that pain is a part of life and that we need to allow for some of it to grow. Um, it's often a, a big disservice to overprotect a child or overprotect loved ones or act codependently and overthink, you know, what's going to hurt somebody else. You need to be genuine in who you are and say uh, what you need to say in any situation. Um, and, uh, and you know, that's an important point. Um, so pain in general is there to wake you up. It's basically asking for you to be present. It's asking you to drop the valuation of a situation and to open your consciousness. And this is how we begin to kill the ego. We start to say, you know, oh, that hurt, whatever it is, right? That memory, that present thing, that physical pain that I'm just going through now, that is there to basically get you away from being asleep and actually wake you up so that you become awake to that pain. And because it's bad and we want to run from it, we sort of turn into it instead and we drop the valuation and we just experience it. And that is really how we wake up. Um, so we can kill the ego with pain. Our trauma can jar us free of our egos and it can again you know reprioritize our lives um sadness fear and anxiety that is the result of trauma can become so loud that we really want to put it down and without that pain we might never have woken up so um we can become sick of being unhappy and that is a very healthy state to be in um those are just all really really you know new ways to sort of think of pain and think of trauma so the last couple of ideas are, are really just uh, sort of afterthoughts. One is just, you know, how do we want to relate to our trauma? Do we want to be fearful of it? 
do we want to you know run from it and sort of hide or do we want to face it fully and realize that we've been through it that we've beaten it that we're ready to feel it and that we can uh that we can sort of feel our pain and be be full of it and not not give it the value of of uh, good or bad but just really sort of sit with it and be awake through whatever life brings us um I think you know where I stand on that. And lastly, I just want to say as sort of a disclaimer at the end of this, it is really important that we don't continue any kind of cycle of abuse. It is so common that kids that are abused or have been mistreated emotionally, physically, and otherwise, um, you know, end up doing that to their kids. And it's really important that anyone listening to this really pays attention to your own actions and what you're doing and that you start to heal this in yourself so that, uh, you know, so that we can all live in a, in a nicer place. So today I am going to leave you with a softer tune by uh, the Shanghai Restoration Project with Dai Johnston. Uh, it's called Jade Buddha Temple. Enjoy it. I have really liked talking to you today. Thank you so much for your time, and be kind to yourself and everybody else. Bye-bye.
You feel no right? 